Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM. The fan. Cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and once again, fine solo this week. I look forward to the day that Pastor Ken Kellner from Brookside Baptist Church can get back in studio and uh, and be my co-host. I know he misses it. Get a chance to talk to him at least once a week when I see him on Sunday. Normally, twice, three times a week. And uh, I know he is uh, he is really looking forward to getting back in studio and uh, jumping back into faith in the zone. Hey, each week I you know we'll have different guests on, and and a lot of times I'll explain how and and where I met that guest. Well, this week I, I can tell you, first of all, I'm really excited. I, as you guys know, I've been a Milwaukee Brewer fan forever, and I am a huge Bill Wegman fan. I just loved watching this guy pitch. I loved watching him battle, and and I just really enjoyed when when he got up on the bump and and uh, he was throwing. Uh, it was a must watch TV, must watch game for me, and uh, I love watching them play now for sure. But back then, yeah, I just liked watching this guy compete. Yeah, every time he got onto the mound. Well, I was at a doctor's appointment a couple weeks ago, and um, it was a new doctor for me. And his name is Dr. Uh, Christopher Killian out at Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. And as we were going through the the, the appointment, he said, hey, are you, uh, are you the guy that's on the radio? I said, I am. And he said, you do that faith-based show. I said, I do. He said, I might have a guest for you. 
I said, that would be awesome. He said, I, I live next door to Bill Wegman. I said, Bill would be a good guest for, for Faith in the Zone? He goes, oh, he'd be a great guest for Faith in the Zone. And he went on to tell me a couple of stories uh, of, about Bill and Kim, and, and, uh, and then we left it at that. Well, then I started trying to find out how to reach out to, to Bill and Kim Wegman. And I did. I think they thought maybe I was a stalker for a minute because I sent them a Facebook request. I sent them, and I am. I sent. You know, I did all these things, and then I came up with a phone number, and I didn't know if it was the right number or not. And I called, and Kim answered, and we had a great conversation. And when I explained to her how I came about them, she said, "Boy, this is a God thing." Because we have talked recently about the Killian family and, and hoping that they're doing well. Our special guests for the entire hour of, this, uh, of Faith of the Zone, Bill and Kim Wegman. Uh, Bill, let's start with you. How are you doing? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Bill, can you still get in and, and throw a little batting practice? <laughs> Yeah, maybe to my grandkids. I can't get them out, so I'm in really I'm in a lot of trouble here. So, yeah, the arm doesn't work like it used to. The back hurts. The knees are bad, and the hips are going out. So there you have it. Other than that, you're a hundred percent. You know, I talk a little smack on this show, Billy. And if uh, you ever get back to Milwaukee and you want to get and throw some batting practice, let me know. I'll, I'll lose a couple yeah, balls on you. Yeah, I can't hit a church softball, Bill. So I'm not hitting anything that you throw unless you you throw an underhand. You know, I talk smack on this show, and I'll tell you the funniest one for me. We had um, we had a guy named Dan Russell on, and he was a he never lost. He was a wrestler, never lost in high school. He won four NCAA championships, and he was about to make the Olympic team. This is years ago, and he got hurt. And I said, hey, you know, I wrestled for a year at Mesmer High School. So if you ever get to town, he lived in like like the state of Washington. So the thought of him ever coming to Milwaukee, I said, if you ever come to town, let me know. I'll grapple with you. I'll find a mat. And he goes, really? I go, yeah. He said, you know, my daughter is teaching at Milwaukee Marshall. And uh, I was looking oh. for a reason to come visit her. I said, hey, man, I'm only kidding. He said, oh, no, big boy. You <laughs> talked about it, and we're going we're gonna to go ahead and do this. Hey, Bill, let's start really quickly. Um, you grew up in Ohio. Can we talk about your kind of your, your, your early years in Ohio? Were you a multi-sport athlete? And then when you got drafted by the Brewers, um, th- let's talk about the decision process to, to go ahead and get, um, go right into minor league baseball. Yeah, so um... – Cincinnati is a kind of a baseball, it's a smaller baseball mecca, but a lot, a lot of big league baseball players, professional baseball players are kind of this area. And uh, I grew up since I was four years old playing baseball and um, grew up around the area where Pete Rose and a couple of the other big leaguers um, in, in my area in the Southern part here of Cincinnati, Southeast or Western part of Cincinnati. And um, yeah, just grew up in a family that played baseball. My mom and dad both played um, softball. They played baseball in high school. And so, yeah, it was just, um, you know, something I, I'd always wanted to do. I always dreamed of being a big leaguer. I'm um, always wanted to be the next Pete Rose um, coming out of this area. So, um, yeah, the Brewers um, happened to see me. I was actually uh, a shortstop in high school, did a little bit of pitching. Um, we had four guys on my junior high school baseball team that all pitched professionally. So um, I could hit, I could play shortstop. So, um, I was on my way to the University of Kentucky to play shortstop, and then the Brewers saw me pitch a couple of innings and really just drafted me off of that. Um, you know, I grew about three inches after they had drafted me and put on some, some muscle, and um, yeah. 
so the rest is kind of history with, uh, you know, Brewers drafted me in 1981 and then me getting to the big leagues with them in, in 1985 and then pitch, you know, pitching all the way through the 95 season. Hey, Bill, so that's interesting. In doing research for the show, and I didn't know that 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 you were a shortstop and infielder. Do you remember the game that you were pitching that the Brewers were there watching you? Yeah, so we, we because of our the guys that we had pitching, um, there were always there were always scouts there. We won the state championship, of course, that, that junior year, and so there were always scouts there. And I actually thought I was going to be drafted in the later rounds um, as a middle infielder. And, um, and I thought it was going to be by the Reds and that could have happened, but the Brewers took me in the fifth round, um, in 1981. And, um, what had happened was the guy that they were there scouting, one of our pitchers, evidently, I guess he'd got, gotten in trouble. So they brought me in and I struck out a bunch of guys or whatever. And, and so they started asking questions to our coach about who this guy was and really just drafted me off of, um, I am guessing that, that one instance, I was seven, seven and one. Uh, my senior year in high school, um, my ERA was, you know, sub sub one, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, it, I won't say it's a fluke. I, I don't think there's any flukes with God, God had intentions Amen. of all this taking place in me being in Milwaukee. And he had even eternal reasons for that. But, um, yeah, so the Brewers basically drafted me off of that, took me to, a um, the first year of minor league baseball in Butte, Montana. And, um, I was, throwing with a pitching coach and he looked at me and he said, okay, you know, you're 18 years old. You're 185 pounds. You're about six foot two, six foot three. He said, you're probably going to grow a little bit. And that was, I'm on, I'm now six, six. So, um, I, that happened, but he said, your fastball doesn't look right. And I'm like, well, I get, I get everybody out. And he said, well, you know, you're cocky, but, um, <laughs> yeah, your fastball doesn't look right. And I said, well, uh, he said, how do you holding it? And I said, I'm holding it like this. And I had three fingers on the seams. And he looked at me, he said, son, that's how we teach a, a change-up. He said, try, try it with two fingers. And he said, nobody ever showed you how to hold, hold a ball. And I says, well, I always got everybody out, so nobody cared. <laughs> um, so he, I was throwing about 88, 89 miles an hour at that point. I was 18 years old, of course. And so I tried it with two fingers. The next pitch I threw was about 94, 95 miles an hour. Um, and he looked at me and he said, son, this is going to be really, really good. And so three and a half years later, I was in the big leagues with the Brewers wow. um, pitching. Hey, Bill, even back in, in, in those times, growing up in Ohio, you know, the, because of the weather, there wasn't a ton of baseball you could play. And, and I had um, a guy on my high school show, a friend of my brother. I have a brother that's 60, let me think, he's probably 66, and he's still catching like three days a week hardball down in Florida. <laughs> He catches 45 and, and under 55 and 65. And he had a, a guy that he played with whose son um, is in the Mets organization. And he, he was from Florida. And he I had him on my high school show. And he said, you know, it's funny because we used to laugh at the guy, the snowbirds, that would come down and play at the junior college my son was playing at because they'd have 30 games under their belt their senior year. And our guys have, you know, 130. And he said, "What we what we realized was their upside was so much better because they hadn't yeah. they hadn't played. There wasn't so much wear and tear on their body and their arm. Do you feel like that was that um, kind of the case back in that day as well?" Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, if we got thirty games in, that was a that was a a, a, a really good summer. So, um, yeah, it for me, 
um, having played shortstop, you know, just I, I knew the game. I, I understood the game. Had a really good high school coach, Pat Quinn, um, who was one of the administrators. He was actually a head coach up at Ball State University for a while. Um, but yeah, he was a great he was a great teacher of the game, and uh, taught me every aspect of the game. So when when I started pitching. Um, I knew where everyone was going to be, where everyone was supposed to be. I knew the situations, and I was pretty, I was pretty athletic. I played basketball also in high school, um, and um, had some scholarships for basketball also. But but it was just a matter of, um, I really understood the game, and then my work ethic was was really really good. So um, yeah, it. I think the less wear and tear, and the switching from um, different different sports venues, from baseball to basketball. Um, really gave us time off. I, I don't think kids get time off these days. I think they play a full summer. If they can play indoors, they go and play indoors. So, um, yeah, for me, um, I think it even increased my longevity as, as a, as a, you know, as a starting pitcher with the Brewers. I mean, I started for nine years. I ended up with almost two, 2000 innings in the big leagues. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's rare to see that kind of longevity anymore with starting pitchers because, you know, it's basically go out and blow out for five innings, and um, you know, and hopefully you last two or three years. Yeah, well, this and and I don't know if you still follow the Brewers or not. The game has changed so much. Uh, the back uh, when yeah. when you were playing, when when I looked at your stats and 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 saw how many complete games you had, that's just unheard of nowadays. And and you know, when when I was reading some of the things that that I wanted to to talk to you a little bit about as far as the baseball side of your life. Um, I, I read this article or a piece that this guy had. He's a he's a uh, baseball card collector, and I just started laughing. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Look, uh, um, Wegman stands seventh overall in team history with 81 wins and second overall in losses, fourth in innings pitched behind uh, Slayton, Mike Caldwell, and Moose Haas." And then he said, "These ten cards that bought uh, brought my Bill Wegman collection up to 110 cards. I've added a couple more since this, this uh, package came, so I'm now at 114 of Bill Wegman's, which is probably more than um, Wegman has himself." And I just started laughing. I thought <laughs> he's got 114 yeah. Bill Wegman cards. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's. I mean, well, in the 80s, think about it. I mean, there must have been. 10, 15 baseball card companies because baseball cards were hot at that time. And literally in spring training, we would take two hours for them to take pictures. Um, and so I would have three or four or five cards each year. And um, yeah, we probably have, I don't know if it's close to a hundred, but I, I know there's quite a few I've received boxes of these baseball cards. So yeah, it was just a hot time for baseball cards and um, there were a lot more companies on the scene. So um, yeah, there are, there's a lot of cards out there with, you know, with my face on it and, um, yeah, and it's probably there, there have been guys online that I've signed autographs for, and one kid actually gave a testimony for me because I always send the gospel back oh, in every autograph awesome. that I sign. Amen. And I've probably signed, gosh, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 autographs um, since I retired. So we always make sure we, we put the gospel of Christ in there and send them back to the folks. And, and I really think that's, and I, and I probably get about 10 autograph requests a week. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing that since I retired. Boy, that, what a great ministry that is. I, what a great way to, to open that door. The last um, paragraph in this guy's story said, as the story from uh, 2001 mentions, uh, Wegman's life changed in the late 1980s. He became a born-again Christian. He stopped drinking. He then returned to his hometown of Cincinnati to become a pastor, and he's also now a grandfather. And we're going to get into that part of your life um, in the second segment. I 
I want to say hello to, to Kim Wegman. Hey, Kim, how are you today? Hey, Mike. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for the time the other day um, that, that you were so kind to spend that amount of time with me on the phone to talk about faith in the zone. And, you know, when I mentioned to you that uh, Dr. Killian is is where um, I got the idea to reach out to you, you, you just kind of started laughing. You said, you know, it's so it's it really is a God thing. We have been talking about the Killians here recently, and uh, I'm, I'm going to make sure that, that I reach out uh, to Dr. Killian, again, Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin, and let him know that that him uh, uh, recommending that I find you guys really worked out well for, for me, and, and I certainly will let him know that that you guys uh, say hello. Hey, before we get to a break, Kim, how did, uh, how did you and Bill meet? We were high school sweethearts. Bill is actually a year older than I am, and so uh, my junior year, uh, a friend of mine who was playing on the basketball team with Bill uh, said, hey, you ought to check that guy out as we saw him in the hallway um, downstairs at Oak Hills High School. And uh, so he introduced, his name is Keith Miller, he introduced Bill and I together. And the day that I met Bill um, and we talked, I came home and told my mom that that was the man I was going to marry. Mike, she stalked me. No, I did not. <laughs> like all the girls at Oak Hills did, right? Like, oh, that's really <laughs> funny. We, um, similar, my wife and I started holding hands the day after we graduated uh, from Mesmer, and we up on 7th and Capitol, uh, if you remember your Milwaukee days. And um, her sister, yeah. my sister, are best friends, and I went out with all of her friends all through high school, and the day after we graduated, Bill, she called and asked me out. So I think she was stalking me as well. And I tell her she took a run at the <laughs> took a run at the championship and she won. I don't know if she believes that anymore. But you know what? We have been holding hands a long time. We're going to get to a break. For the entire hour, we are joined. Our special guest, and it just I, I don't get nervous before doing these shows very often anymore. But, man, I just really liked watching Bill Wegman play. I w- loved watching him pitch and just how tough he was mentally on the mound and what a good pitcher he was. And back in those days, you know, I looked at the roster, by the way, because I kind of kind of forget, right? But, man, that, that roster was full of guys that, that, you know, I just really enjoyed watching play. And, and Kevin Seitzer actually was a guest on on, on this show. Um, Jose Valentin and Daryl Hamilton and, and Greg Vaughn was part of that that team. And, and the pitching staff with Ricky Bonus and, and Sparks. And it, it was really Graham Lloyd, who I kind of forgot about, Mike Fetters. That was a, I thought that was a really good team. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. odd nowadays because the Brewers are constantly now knocking on the door and I think that this is this is the year I think they're going to maybe get this thing done and after the Bucks did it I think how how cool would it be if the Brewers did it we'll continue our conversation we're going to ask Bill and Kim for their testimony on the other side of the break this is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM The Fan more now of Faith in the Zone discovering people in sports and their walk in faith Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Nobody but Jesus. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Again, I'm Mike McGivern flying solo. Our special guest, Bill and Kim Wegman. Now, Bill said that Kim kind of stalked her. I don't I don't think that that's the truth at Oak Hills High School. I think it might have been the other way around, but I'm just uh, I'm just saying we're not supposed to lie on Faith in the Zone, Mr. Wegman. Um, second <laughs> segment is my favorite. It just is. And, and the more I hear from people, and I'm starting to hear a lot from people outside of the Milwaukee area, you know, all over the country because our guests are in different parts of the country. And, and uh, Bill and Kim Wegman, who are in Ohio. In fact, Kim, are you guys still in? Are you guys back in the Cincinnati area? We are in a suburb of Cincinnati called Harrison. And and what church? What church do you guys attend? We go to the LifeSpring Community Christian Church. Excellent. And uh, you guys uh, comfortable at that? It's a good church for you. You guys are feeding the flock a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. We love it. We love it. It's uh, outreach-minded and um, great teaching, great Bible studies, great life groups we have. Uh, love being around all the people there. Oh, that's good. Hey, Kim, let me start with you. And, and uh, again, the second segment on Faith in the Zone, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a, a testimony on, on when they made that decision, and you and I had this conversation uh, last week, and, and, you know, mine's not a pretty testimony. Mine, mine is not. Um, and there are some guys, that the people that come on the show, that the worst thing they ever did was steal a candy bar. And then there's guys like me and Pastor Daryl Strawberry and some other people that were doing some things in their life that... You know, it was time, and when I asked, you know, God to please come in my life and allow me into his family, if he's willing to let me in, I just don't know why anybody is is having second thoughts or waiting on this. So I'd like to ask you, Kim, if you would uh, be able to share your testimony with us. Sure, sure. Um, I was the good girl. I was not stalking Bill. I was looking for a relationship, but I thought he was really cute. He has pretty eyes, so uh, that's how we met, and um, I was a good girl. I was the one who obeyed my parents. I did my homework. I didn't break the law. I was a good girl, and so what was interesting for me is is I didn't realize that I had a need for a Savior, Um, and so when we were in Milwaukee in 1988, the the brewers were out of town during the Easter um, holiday, and so it was tradition for me to go to uh, church on Easter. And so the only, um, the most religious girl I knew on the team, because that's how I classified her, was Sue Gantner, just a beautiful, beautiful uh, woman of God. And um, so I called her and I said, hey, it's Easter Sunday. I need to find a, a, a church that's really close to my house. I'm always late wherever I go. And she, um, we had a three-year-old a little girl at the time, our only daughter and um, only child, actually. And um, so she goes, I know of this church that's really close to the house that you guys um, are living in. And she said, you'll just love this. It's a Bible teaching church. And um, Pastor Terry Engels is the pastor there. And she said, you'll be able to get there in two minutes from your house. So I snuck in in April of 1988 and I snuck in the back. And to be honest, I didn't know much about church. I I was kind of shy because I didn't want them to know that I was married to Bill Wegman and um, so I snuck in the back and I had, uh, our little Trisha, who was three at the time sitting on my lap. 
because I, I didn't want to put her in the nursery or, or the kid toddlers. I just didn't know anybody. And so um, we're actually, uh, Faith Bible Church is actually in an elementary school. So the pastor was up on the stage in the gymnasium. Uh, they turned this little school into a church that they bought. And um, I was in the back, and the pastor, Pastor Terry Ingalls, was talking about how the father put his only begotten son, Jesus, on the cross for you. He said it to the congregation, but it was like an arrow came right to me, and I felt like he was saying, for you, for me, Kim. And I looked at our three-year-old daughter sitting on my lap, and I said, you know, I wouldn't put my only begotten child on a cross for anyone, including myself. And so I said, I'm going to find out who, who this God is. And so for the next several weeks, and it never stopped since, I snuck into that church. Um, and finally, after a couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Terry and his wife, Karen, found me. They caught me on the way out the door <laughs> and introduced themselves and um, explained who I was. And we got to develop a relationship. And Bill can share a little bit more in, in that. But um, I do also want to say um, when I came to know Jesus, um, at the Brewers, we had some um, chapel chapel leaders and um, people who could help us. And a um, Mike and Donna Sickfrid, were, um, Donna was a huge part of discipling me. She came to my house um, once a week, and we would sit on the couch Amen. in my living room. And she would just talk to me about Jesus and tr- start to train me up in the Word of God to know who He is and what his plan is and what his plan for me is. And she was just a huge part, and I'm so thankful for that. But Pastor Terry and Karen basically um, invested their lives into Bill and I. We felt like we were we were younger because we came, Bill came up um, soon after high school, and uh, we were married. I graduated on June uh, 4th. We were married on July 10th of 1982, so we're almost married 40 years here. But um, the the Angles family invested their lives into us and um, trained us up in the Word of God. And uh, I remember Pastor Terry saying, I don't know what's going to happen when baseball's over, but I do believe you will be in the ministry somewhere. And so um, after training us for six, seven years, um, and when Bill retired from baseball, we immediately went into the ministry, and Bill can share his side of the story, which is amazing, too. Um, and we've been in the ministry ever since. I, my passion is I teach women in um, the Word, so I lead um, Bible studies. And it's my goal to, uh, through, through the Lord, obviously, all glory to Him, uh, is to know God so well that I can make God well-known to, to those around me. Oh, and so that's what Amen. we do. Uh, but I'm so thankful for Milwaukee. In as a junior in high school, when Bill got drafted as a senior, since he's a year older than me, he got drafted by Milwaukee, and we knew nothing about Milwaukee other than Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> and we thought, what in the world is God sending us to Milwaukee of all the places for? And it was for the the very purpose of leading us to Christ. One hundred percent, and you know, Kim, I, I have to yeah. tell you, I, I, um, I, I have, t- I just have tears coming down my cheek because, and and it happens to me a lot in the second segment of Faith in the Zone, 
and and we're going to hear Bill's testimony next. But you know, my wife would 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 take our two kids, Katie and Matthew, and she would get them ready on a Sunday morning, and she would you know it'd be dead in winter, and and she, and I'd, I'd go out and warm her car up, and she'd throw these kids in the car, and she would make the drive to Eastside Baptist Church. We're going to Eastside, or she was at that point. And, you know, I would be ready, getting ready to call my bookie and open a beer and watch some football. And I'd say, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid when you're down there at that that culture at. Now, we both went to a Catholic grade school. We went together to a Catholic high school. And back then, you know, this is a long time ago, but back then, the nuns would hand me the Bible and say, hey, don't open it. We'll tell you what's in it. You just carry it, Mr. McGiver, and we tell you to carry it. And there was a guy in Faith in the Zone that said, I knew Jesus Christ. I knew him exactly the way I knew Abraham Lincoln. I knew all the stories, but I had no relationship, and that's where I was. And until the time that I had to go down there, but when I walked into Eastside Baptist, the pastor said, you know, um, I knew you'd come. And I go, What? He said, I didn't know when you'd come, but your wife has been praying for you for years. I knew you'd come one day. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know where I would be. I love the fact, Kim, that, that you know, you started this in, in your family. And, I, and, and I'm sure that Bill, probably on a daily basis, just thanks God for that. Hey, Bill, can we talk a little bit about what, what was that like for you? I know for me... What it was like when when my wife went from you know a Catholic um, and in a church where she I think was was really comfortable to one that was challenging her and feeding her and 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 now she was really getting into the book and I'm wondering how that 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 time was for you when when you said whoa whoa what what are you doing what what's going on yeah yeah so um, and that's exact that's exactly what happened Kim started going to church um, she started. She would come home and she would start talking about these things, and I'm saying, "Hey, look, um, I, I we don't need a crutch here. Um, we're we're going to do this and just be good people and do do good things, and 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 God will God will be okay with that. But don't don't bring this stuff home, and you know. And but she kept praying, um, she kept doing Bible studies, and I kept seeing things in her life that were challenging me. Um, because I was always told, you know what, you work hard enough, you get to the big leagues, man, and that's going to be the utopia. That's going to be um, the pinnacle of, of your life. And all the things that you ever wanted are going to come as a result of that. And so I'm in the big leagues um, with the Brewers doing, doing well. And I, I don't have the things that my wife has, and she's home taking care of kids. Um, and the only difference between – um, outside of the baseball thing uh, that I could see in her life was she had this person named Jesus Christ and uh, and and I didn't and I thought well whatever you know we'll just we'll, we'll let it go well Kim had gone to church she filled out a, an invitation card she filled out a, a little card that the pastors would sometimes follow up on and so this pastor calls me and says hey your wife's been coming to church Terry Angles at uh, Faith Bible Church he said. She's been coming to church in um, a few months, and I'd really like to come out and talk to you. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm getting ready for spring training. I ain't got time for this. Right. Um, I don't want to be sound like a jerk, but um, no thank you. Have a great day. And so I went about doing what I needed to do, and he called back about, about a, three weeks later, um, two, three weeks later, called back and said, hey, Bill, you know, Kim's still coming to church, and I'd really like to have a chance to talk to you. And I thought, you know, you probably would. I mean, I played for the Brewers, making quite a bit of money, um, 
I'd be a, probably a great guy to have in, in, in your parish or whatever, whatever you guys call that thing. And, um, you know, it was all, it was really all about me. Um, cause I had no clue about Christ. I didn't understand church. I just knew, um, what I saw growing up. And that was from a, you know, from a, an outside, an outside standpoint. But what I couldn't deny was Kim had love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and she had a lot of those. Not exactly. Well, <laughs> but I, but I, I saw, I saw what I now understand as the fruit of the spirit in her life. And I didn't have that. And I was a big leaguer. And, and, and I thought, well, wait a minute, there's not a bigger big leaguer, so I can't go any higher than this. And I'm still, I'm still empty. Um, and so interesting, now bring the Killian story back into in the, in the focus. Steve Killian was one of my best friends. He was a neighbor that lived three doors down from us. And um, we, him and I hung out quite a bit. Um, he's kind of a self-made guy with the McDonald's Corporation. And so we went on a hunting trip out to South Dakota with my agent. And um, it was just a free-for-all, um, pretty much a, 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 an alcohol binge um, for about seven, eight days. Um, and we laughed and we hunted and, you know, just it was stup- stupidity gone crazy. And on the way home, Steve Killian, um, your Chris. doctor's father, yep. Chris's dad. yeah, Chris's dad, he said to me, he said, hey, I got a question for you. Um, we were just outside. We were in Madison, just heading back to, to Milwaukee. He said, um, what's the problem with your wife? And I looked at him and I said, you can say anything you want to me, but don't talk about my wife. And he said, no, 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 relax. <laughs> and he's, he's kind of pressed up against the door because uh, he thought I was going to go after him in the car. <laughs> and, and he said, no, he said, what's the deal with this Christ thing? And, man, it was like God reached into my chest, grabbed my heart, and wrenched it. And then I took a deep breath and I said, Really? I said, look at you and me. We've been basically drunk for seven days. And I said, my wife has peace and joy and, and all these things that I don't have that the world said I would have if I ever got to the place that I'm at. And I'm at that place and I don't have them. And I said, I'll tell you what, man. When I, and he said, hey, relax. I said, no, you relax. I said, when I get home, I'm going to find out why she has these things. So that night we both got home. I dropped him off at his house. I went home. And spent some time with my, 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 my wife and my daughter. Um, I picked up the Bible that this Pastor Terry um, had left at the house because he came one time and he, 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 and I told him the second time he called, I said, Terry, look, I'll give you 15, 20 minutes. Um, you come and share what you got to share, man, but I, I got to work out. I got to get ready for spring training and I got things to do. So, um, Kind of, if you get here in 15, you got five. You get here in five, you got 15. <laughs> um, and so he was there in about five minutes. Um, evidently, he drove up from the church, which was two minutes away. Sat down in my living room, and he said, they asked me two questions. He said, Bill, if you were to die this very moment, do you know where you'd spend eternity? And so I gave him an answer that I thought was all workspace. And I thought, you know, I'm a pretty decent person. If I were your neighbor, you'd like me, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I had him convinced that I knew where I was going to spend eternity. Then he asked me the second question. He said, Bill, if you were to die and you were standing before God and God were to um, ask you why he should let you in heaven, what would you say to him? And I said, well, just that. I'm a pretty good guy. I hadn't really hurt anybody or tried to kill anybody or, you know, I just, I'm I'm a decent guy. I've got some issues, but don't we all? And he said, well, you believe the Bible's the word of God? And I said, you know, I do. I just don't know what it says. Right. He opened up the John chapter three and started talking about being born again. 
And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this born again stuff? I thought that was from the 1960s with hippies and, and all that craziness was going on in the 60s. And he said, no, it's actually 2,000 years old and it's in the Bible. And Jesus Christ was talking to a man named Nicodemus about this. And I'm like, so what does it mean to be born again? We spent two hours. At the end of those two hours, um, I was under, as I understand it now, deep conviction. I knew that without a shadow of doubt, if I were to die that very moment, I was not going to spend eternity with God in heaven. And so that night, I prayed not to go to hell. I prayed whatever I had to pray so that God would not make me go to hell when I died. And um, so anyway, back to the hunting story. We're on our way home. I come home, spend some time with my family. This man who had shared the gospel with me, um, seemingly led me to Christ. I prayed a prayer, prayed a prayer with him to receive Jesus, but he left the Bible there. And I started reading that Bible for about ten hours that night, twelve hours the next night, fourteen hours the next day. The only thing I did was eat, sleep, go work out, and spend time with my family. Every other minute for the next three months was consumed with reading the Bible. Um, and I finally came to a place in those three months where I realized it wasn't just about not going to hell. It was about a God who loved me and wanted to have a personal relationship with me so much that he came and died on the cross so that I could spend eternity with him um, and have a right relationship with him now. And just totally blown away, and I got back on my face and I said, God, um, I can't deny that Jesus is uh, your son, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he was resurrected on the third day, and he now is ascended back into heaven where he is my advocate. And um, so, God, I, I give you my life. And Amen. so at that point, um, I was 100% vested, committed to, to Christ, and um, didn't know what God had in store for me, didn't know what that meant for my baseball days, but um, I couldn't deny the truth of the gospel. They are billing, and Ken Wegman, and I just, you know, we're going to get to a break. And, and what what a great uh, second segment this has been. And, and I know that... Uh, you know, I, I thank God for my wife every day because she is just such a strong Christian role model to me. And I know that Bill feels the, the same way. I don't know where I'd be without my wife, Terry. And I, Bill, I, I, I don't know where you'd be without Kim. And, and I want to thank Sue Gantner. And I, I certainly want to thank Pastor Terry and Mike and Donna Sigfrey. You know, these are people that, that the Lord put in the Wegman's life. And and I, I'm going to thank uh, Steve Killian as well for challenging, you know, yeah. making that question. And I want to thank uh, Dr. Christopher Killian because he's the one who introduced or had me look and find the Wegmans. And, and what a great second segment um, this is. We'll get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue with uh, Kim and Bill Wegman, former Milwaukee brewer and former uh, um, in, in Milwaukee people. I mean, when I talked to them, I said, hey, when you look fondly upon Milwaukee, they were both like, yeah, this is where we came to the Lord very fondly. It's a great city. And uh, we'll get to, uh, we'll continue our conversation with them on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fame. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. So you guys wondered why I was so excited about having Kim and Bill Wegman on the show? Yeah, that last segment tells you everything. That what a what a phenomenal story. What what a what a journey the Lord has brought them on. Um, hey Kim, we talked a little bit when when I reached out to you last week about LifeSpring Christian Church and and you know some of the great work that this church that you guys are at in Ohio doing. And, and one of the things I talked to you and then I talked to Bill, and one of the terms that kept coming up was disciples making disciples. And he said, look, at LifeSpring uh, Christian Church, it really is it, very important to us, and it's a big kind of mission statement of this church. And as we talk about their church uh, that, they, that they're at, lscommunity.org, lscommunity.org. If you want to kind of find out a little bit more about the church that, that the Wegmans go to and why they have such a love for this local church, um, Kim, it, it is really a church that you guys are, are very fond of. Yes, it's amazing. Um, Bill had a vision like years and years ago about a church that was in like a community center where we could just invite people from the community in a non-threatening way. And that's what LifeSpring has actually done. And I'll get to the discipleship in a moment. But we have a new building that we built. Um, We've been in there a year. It'll be a year this weekend. And it's a community center, and other churches are taking um, our lead on this and doing this across the country. But we have a, um early childhood learning center called Lionheart in there. We have a coffee peddler, which is a local, the best coffee ever in, um, in the world, I think. Uh, it's called the Coffee Peddler in this building. We have our church in the auditorium in this building, and... Um, we also have this huge, like, indoor play center for people to come for free. So we invite the community to come in. They bring their kids. They bring their grandkids. They get coffee. They have kids in in the childhood um, center. And we've had so many people just come to know the love of God through the love of the people working there. And so they've been coming into this church. And um, I don't want to just point to the church. I want to point to Christ. I want to point to discipleship. Because as Pastor Terry and as Mike and Donna did and other people in our lives, friends that we met, their big goal was to not just lead us to Jesus, but to train us up to know him, to really, truly know him. And so what we love about this church, and and we bring this to every church as God um, moves us to different churches. It seems like when we need a women's Bible study or a men's group or whatever, God moves us to a different church, and he's had us here at this church for three three years now. Um, The purpose is, is to train up men and women in the Word of God. And so we're doing exactly what the people in Milwaukee did for us. They discipled us. So we just thought everybody discipled new believers, found out that that's not completely true, that that is something that we um, are passionate about. And so whatever church we're at, wherever we're speaking, it's all about training people up in the Word of God. We cannot just believe in Jesus. We got to believe Jesus. When Jesus says he's God, he is. 
There's no um, debate about that. And so we, I believe that I can give you my opinion over and over again. It does not matter. But when I tell you what God's opinion is, his opinion is always right. It's always true. That's the only thing that's going to truly transform a person's heart is knowing Christ well. LSCommunity.org. And and when you go on that website, you know, and and put in our vision, when you you get to that, read what their vision is. And when they talk about disciples who make disciples, and then they say how we do it, our core values of this church, grace, truth, growth, family, love. Man, that's, you know, there it is. (laughs) All in five words, grace, truth, growth, family, love. And if you're feeling led, and and they never asked me to do this, um, but if you're feeling led, after you spend some time on that website, there's there's a way for you if you want to give to this 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 uh, just a really strong Bible believing church in Ohio that's doing great work, and I promise that I'm going to ha- ask these guys and they don't know this either. I'm going to ask them to come back on another six months because they made a comment off the air that said, "Hey, we have high school age kids that are discipling other high school age kids," and being a former high school basketball coach for. I don't know, 36 years forever. Um, I would love to know more about that. And that really that really piqued my interest because of the amount of time that I spend in and around high school athletics. I would love to know more about that. And I promise that I will ask them to come back on in, in six months and, and see if we can talk more about LifeSpring Community Christian Church. The website, lscommunity.org, is where you need to go. Hey, the, before we get to a break, um, Bill, we have a mutual friend. Tom Roy has been just a great friend yeah. of Faith in the Zone, and I know that he's somebody that uh, that you're very fond of. Yeah, Tom would um, actually come to spring training every year and lead Bible studies for us. And um, they've they've actually stayed in my room at spring training, um, and uh, I've accommodated them. They've set up Bible studies for us. Uh, the, the, um, Tom and Chris Bando, who is Sal Bando's younger younger brother, um, they would do Bible studies while we were in spring training, and they would come and speak at our chapel services on Sunday. Um, at the spring training complex. And so, yeah, Tom's a great friend of mine. Um, Don Gordon is also a good friend of mine. And Don Gordon is, was working with uh, UPI um, with Tom, um, Tom for yep. a number of years. I've done missions trips um, to Australia uh, with that group of guys. So, yeah, really good friend. Tom's a, a, a mentor of mine. Help disciple me, help to grow me, help to really get me involved in discipling other baseball players. So their ministry was critical in, in helping me take the Bible into the clubhouse and train up guys how to know um, Christ Jesus. Man, he, you know, he's just, he's just, a, a, he's such a good friend. Everybody that I talk to that knows him says the same thing. Look, he spent, I talked to him, we, we spent time together. I don't know if he yeah. gets more than 24 hours in a day, and I don't know how he does it because I'd like to get a few of those extra hours, but boy, he is just a really good man. Hey, guys, we're going to get to a break. On the other side of the break, for the last year or so, I've asked this question at the end of the show. If I took every uniform uh, bill that, that you have ever put on, from Little League Baseball to, to the Milwaukee Brewers to when you retired, and I put them all in a closet, and I could give you one more game, 
One more game. What uniform do you take and who do you play against? We're going to ask Bill Wegman on the other side of the break, our special guests for this show. Bill and Kim Wegman. Again, LifeSpring Christian Church uh, in Ohio. Uh, Go to that website and do yourself a favor. You're not going to be able to spend just a minute or two on it. You're not going to like, oh, hey, I'm heading out to the store. Let me just check this out. There's some really good things on that website. LS Community. Org and take a look at some of the work that they're doing at LifeSpring Christian Church in Ohio. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and man, what a just a great show this has been for for me, and I hope for the listeners as well. Bill and Kim Kim Wegman, Bill, former pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. I told you in that first segment how big of a fan I was of his when he got on the mound. Man, I don't even. He, he is so far above that in my eyes right now. You know, the Lord has used. Him and he, and they have used their platform. Both Bill and Kim have used their platform that the Lord has given them to really spread the word. And I'm just so encouraged in the excitement that they have when they talk about LifeSpring Christian Church in Ohio and the work that they're doing. That that during the break, I said, guys, I, I don't want to overstep my bound, but I'd love to invite you back on. You know, three, six, seven mm-hmm. months, whatever, whatever would work for you, because I want to talk about the high school stuff. And we talked a lot during that break about it, and they certainly they agreed to it. So I, I thank them for that. Yeah. Hey, Bill, we only have a couple of minutes here um, in this segment, and mm-hmm. and. That question of every jersey that you've ever put on, if I put them in the closet and allowed you to pick one out and play for one team and play one game, what uniform would you pick and who would you play against? Yeah, it, it would be the Brewers uniform. I mean, that's, that's where Kim and I both got saved. That's where we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's where God founded our ministry for disciples making disciples. Um, it's where God taught us through the pastors there at the church and the guys at the field. I mean, so, um, and I, I just, it, it, I think God drafted me to the Milwaukee Brewers and gave us literally a ministry in that clubhouse. Um, I mean, there were 24, 25 guys um, that were praying in the right field outfield wow. um, during my career before prayer was really big in, in sports before, you know, that got public recognition. And um, yeah, there were guys that I was able to disciple and those guys went on to disciple other guys. So yeah, I would, I would choose the Milwaukee Brewer uniform and probably that because of the faith, but my last game in the big leagues um, probably, Outside of the first game in the big leagues was the, the, the greatest game of my, my career. They let me play right field for one inning. Um, <laughs> my childhood dream was to play 
somewhere other than pitching um, in the big leagues. And so Phil Gardner, the last day, my last day in the big leagues, called me in the office and said, Bill, I'm going to try to get you in the game today. And at that time, I was no longer starting pitch, a starting pitcher. I was um, a setup man and a closer. Um, and I was really at the end of my, my throwing days. Um, but he called me in and he said, I'm going to try to get you in the game again. I'm like, well, Phil, I'm throwing pretty good. So, you know, okay, why wouldn't he? He said, no, no, in right field. And I went, wait a minute. You're serious? You'd let me play? He said, I know you can play there. I've seen you do what you do. Um, I've scored a, a game-winning run for the Brewers. I think I'm the only pitcher in their American League history to ever score a, a game-winning run. So I was a pinch runner, um, pretty athletic, I guess. But uh, he said, yeah, I'm going to let you play right, right field for one inning. But we got to have a lead, and you can't screw this up. <laughs> and so um, we get about the sixth, seventh inning. He calls down the bullpen and he says, "Waggy man, we need more runs. We were winning like two to one, two to nothing. Um, had a rookie kid pitching." And I said, "Phil, I'm going to get you some runs." So hung up the phone. Mike Matheny was down there. Uh, Rob Dibble, Mike Fetters. Um, we had a bunch of guys down there that were either pro Christ or against Christ. It doesn't matter which one. Um, so I got off the phone and I said to the guys, "I said, look, today." Um, when you pray, I don't care who you pray to normally, but today you pray in Jesus' name, we need more runs. And they looked at me like, you're nuts, man. And I said, we're praying in Jesus' name that we get a bunch of runs. We scored like five runs in five <laughs> minutes, man. It was double, single, base hit, double, triple, home run. We scored, and I told Phil, I said, man, if you'd have been calling me all year, we'd have won the pennant. Um, but anyway, uh so we get to the ninth inning and Phil calls down and he says, Waggy, you got the ninth. And I'm like, okay, where? He says, right field. And I said, you're serious. And he said, yeah, right field. And so um, I got ready, got loose. They opened up the gate. I came in, went to right field. And all of a sudden I see Kevin Seitzer run out of the dugout. He was our third baseman and he was my accountability partner there when I was with the Brewers. He come running out the right field and I thought, oh man, they're going to dog me. They're going to let Kevin play right field, which I know he couldn't do it. He was a third baseman. And uh, he came out. They didn't have a glove. And he said, Weggy, you can't play right field. I said, Kevin, you know I can play. He says, you can't do it without eye black. So he put eye black <laughs> underneath my eyes. He smacked me on the rear end, went in, and we we went on with the game. They're moving me around. They're trying to adjust me. First guy comes up, hits a bomb to right field. I'd never seen a home run from that perspective in my big league career. It was kind of cool. Um, so now they're panicking because, man, we, we messed this game up, and I'm the cause of it. It's going to cost Phil Gardner his job. So next guy comes up. We get an out. Next guy um, walks. The fourth guy up in the inning comes up, and he hits a ground ball between first and second. It comes to me. I pick it up. I crow hop and I throw a BB to cut the runner down going to third base. No he dives back in the second base. And now the fans are doing, we are not worthy. You know, they're bowing their arms to me. The coaches went down and sat down. And literally the last day of my, uh, of my career in the big leagues, I got to play right field for the Milwaukee Brewers. It was the coolest, coolest thing ever. The best answer to that question so far. I'm just telling you, that was the best answer. Guys, we are running short on time. I cannot thank you enough. What just to, And I want to thank um, Dr. Uh, Killian, Dr. Christopher Killian, Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin, for his recommendation. Uh, certainly Sue Gantner and Pastor Terry and Mike and Donna Siegfried, they were all part of this journey, part of this story, and I hope they understand how important they were to both Bill and Kim Wegman. Guys, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Right, Thank, God bless. You. Thank you. God bless you as well. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM.
the fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses has stage fright. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.